Welcome to the podcast. I'm sitting across from Aaron Geist, and I'm going to ask him a question. He doesn't even know what I'm going to ask him, actually, because he probably thinks I'm going to ask him the question that I asked you yesterday when I talked to you about being on a podcast, because Aaron sits right outside of my office and we talk about this stuff from time to time and I'm like let's do a podcast so <laughs> welcome to the podcast Aaron. thank you good to be here yeah so um here's my question have you ever burned the boats have I ever burned the boats yeah so like I'm gonna tip your mic just a tad toward you so have you ever heard that phrase before, burning the boats? I have not heard burn the boats. Oh, wow. Okay. So this concept is used all the time in uh, success-related conversations. You'll hear this. People like Tony Robbins will say, if you want to take the island, you got to burn the boats. And the idea supposedly has historical origins of Cortez and even going further back from Cortez. Okay. Um, basically landing, burning the boats and say, if you want to go back home, the only way is to take the island. Gotcha. Okay. So have you ever done that in your life where you've just burned the boats so that there's no exit strategy? Wow. So there's no exit strategy. I, the, the thing that comes to mind recently is actually, um, taking this job here as a financial aid counselor. Yeah. Tell people what you did before this. So I was an associate pastor at a church uh, in Tigard Mm -hmm. and I was involved in worship ministry. I was involved in some missions and then just a lot of behind the scenes, general work. Okay. A lot of different things that need to be done. So um, I had been in that role for a while and sensed that it was time to move on. And I, uh, I have a hard time moving on from things. And so I really had to put that out there when it was time to move on. I'm a loyal person. I have a hard time getting into conflict or what feels like conflict. So saying it was time to move on was a hard thing to do. So would you describe yourself as a peacemaker? Or? I am a peacemaker. Okay. I am a nine on the Enneagram. Oh, my ooh, wife will confirm number. that. Uh, through and through, so she will. She knows the good of that. She knows the downsides yeah. to that. And and for those people who, who don't know, Aaron is talking about the Enneagram. That's right, which is super popular on this floor that's at right. George Fox University. And there's one through nine, one through nine, and it kind of t- it talks about your sort of magnanimous side. Or your your good side, like when you're really who you are, what the positive aspects are. And then there's a shadow side to your yeah. number. And then yeah. there's a secondary number. Do you know what your secondary number is? Uh, well, I'm of a one wing. And oh, one a one wing. is okay. kind of the perfectionist. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. And I can see how that can create conflict. It, it certainly can. Okay. Yeah. But I through the Enneagram, you also find out um, kind of where you go in stress and yes. so in stress, uh, when you're healthy or when you're really in stress and not doing healthy, it, you, you do different things. And so one of the things I can do in stress when it's not healthy is just avoid conflict like crazy. Mm. And so uh, knowing that about myself, I knew if it was going to be time for me to move on, God was going to have to really 
confirm that in a lot of different ways and give me peace about that so I could enter into the conflict of telling people that I love it's time for me to move on. Mm, interesting. So after he confirmed that in a number of different ways, uh, I, I had to sit down and just write out my thoughts, write what was on my heart and did that and then read that to my boss at the time, the the senior pastor of the church. And that for me was kind of the beginning, I guess, of burning the boat. Um, it was kind of the no turning back moment. I have said, wow. I don't know where I'm going next, but I know it's not here. So you didn't even have an alternative. I didn't have an alternative. And what wow. I said was, I love it. I know this next year it's time to move on. I don't know when. I said, I. this was back actually last Christmas. This is just about a year ago from this event. So we're still fresh. Still very fresh. I like it. And I, I didn't write this in my letter, but I, I just said in person, you know, I envision myself here at Easter, but I don't see myself here by next Christmas. And I didn't know what was next. And it really felt like jumping off a trapeze platform. I can't get back to that trapeze platform. I'm going forward. I'm not sure where that is going. It's a long way off and I can't quite see who's going to catch me or where the platform is on the other side. So why, so tell us again, why did you feel like you had to do this? Like some people might say, well, Aaron, why didn't you just start looking around knowing that you're going to leave? But you felt like, no, I need to burn the boats. I need to write this letter, read it, knowing that I've crossed the Rubicon. Yeah. I think there's two reasons. One of that is um, the relational side of me. Mm. It, it's that loyal. I mean, I, I had lunch. I, I had coffee today with um, my senior pastor. So, And you still go to that church? I don't go to that church anymore, okay. but we got together today and, and, and talked, and we talked about current things and, and former things. It was fantastic. So we have a great relationship, and I have a great relationship with people there. And so part of the reason is because church is such a family, I didn't want to just turn in a two-week notice or even a four-week notice. Mm. Once I figured out, I wanted to be able to say, I'm headed a direction. I wanted to give them time to figure out what are they going to do next after me mm -hmm. and then give me the chance to figure out what am I doing next. And hopefully, God willing, those things would line up in timing. Wow. So part of it was a relational side, a family side that said, I want to treat the people like family. And then the other part of it was putting that stake in the ground. It was the burning the boat side of it. And for me... Once I said that and put it on paper, I knew it was going to be much harder for me, maybe not quite burning all the boats. Maybe I left a raft uh, saying, uh, I'm sure they would keep me here. But when I, when I wrote that letter and communicated that, that for me meant I really am doing this. I am moving forward in this. But so what I'm, what I'm sensing though from you is that you felt it was necessary to light that boat on fire. I did. Why? Because... I knew internally it would be easy for me to say, it's time to move on. It's time to start looking. But without having written that letter and communicated that it was time to move on, for me, I may not have gotten on in the process mm. of actually looking on. Okay. So you felt like to be where you felt you needed, God was calling you. Yeah. You needed, the first step was, I need to light this boat on fire. I need to actually light the boat on fire. <laughs> That's awesome. So I can't go back. Because yeah. I would be comfortable going back. I knew it was time to move on, and that was a faith step, but it still would have been comfortable for me to move back. So what what was the feeling like 
when you lit the boat on fire? Because I imagine like you're having this experience going, I can't believe I'm I'm reading this letter. Yep. Do, I, do you read it to him? I read it to him. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so this is a very formal process. I mean, you wrote stuff down. It's very premeditated. Yeah. And, and with these kinds of things, you know, I've been in situations similar to this. Yeah. Where you know what's going to happen. Right. Right. They don't. Right. But you know that this is going to be uncomfortable. Right. So what were you feeling? What was the feeling that you had as you were doing this? I would say, like a lot of things in life, the actual doing of something um, is does not cause as much anxiety as the anticipation of that leading up to it. You know, mm -hmm. maybe going to the dentist, uh, you have more anxiety than when you actually get there mm -hmm. or taking that flight or different things that people go, like public speaking. You know, the anxiety on the front end before you actually do the task, perform whatever it is, that can cause more anxiety and feeling. At least for me, that's how it works. So I was anxious leading up to the meeting knowing and writing this out. But going into the meeting, I uh, took that deep breath. Of course, I was praying. And as we started talking, I think for me, being relational uh, and realizing this is a very relational moment right now. I mean, it was it was formal letter, but it was relational. And so to be able to communicate why I was doing what I was doing in a relational setting was important. And I think once you get in that room with someone and you you smile and mm -hmm. you know, you, you can tell where this is going, it was much easier. So I think the anticipation beforehand caused some anxiety going, wow, am I really doing this? Am I really going through with this? I like that. But once I sat down... I had that feeling of, I'm not going to stop reading. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, that, yeah, there are parts you're like, oh, should, should I hold back now? No. Should we keep on moving? No. Yeah. Keep reading. <laughs> so I can see, well, there's a couple of takeaways here. One is that something this important is best done in person. Oh, absolutely. Not through an email, not through a phone call, no. but face to face. Because I imagine your pastor saw... Your expression, your body language. You could hear my voice. Hear your Absolutely. voice, your inflection, your tone. Um, so, I mean, all those are, I mean, there's a lot of people who don't take that step. Now, I, I wanted to burn yeah. my boat. I didn't want to burn my bridge. Ooh, I love that. Ooh, that's a good insight. Don't burn your boats, but don't burn your bridges. <laughs> uh, maybe we're mixing metaphors. Yeah, I don't know. a little too much there. But, um, but uh, your two was coming out too, right? Because you wanted to make sure you said everything that you, like you, it sounded like you wanted to walk away saying everything that I need to say must be said. Yeah. And that was because of the relationship? Yeah, absolutely. Because of the relationship um, and because just I know how when, when people move on, there's always going to be a story. And I didn't, I didn't want there to be some unknown or some part of the story that that people just had to guess about or, or, you know, gossip about or determine and, or tell something about that wasn't true. So mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to communicate reality and, and do that well. Wow. And so in hearing your story today, this is so like providential that we're having this conversation because the full circle of this is you having coffee with your pastor a year later. Yeah. And all is well. Yeah. All is well. Wow. And so Absolutely. you're, so I imagine like, what do you, how do you feel after, you know, a year and, and having coffee with your pastor? Well, this is a year after that meeting, but I was at the church through the first 
eight months of the year still okay. serving okay uh, while i was figuring out what was next wow and so wait a second you told you burned the boats i burned and, the boats in december for eight eight months and i was there for eight months wow and so it sounds like it worked out super well for both sides it was a win-win it really was wow yeah it was a win for me in the sense that I got the chance to then figure out what is the next thing? What do I want to be involved in? It was a win for the church to not go, oh, what are we going to do in a month when this mm -hmm. person who has all these different roles moves on? Mm -hmm. It gave a lot more time for additional training and, and uh, different staff or different volunteers for some of my roles. So if somebody is out there listening to this who's thinking oh, man, I need to burn my boats. Maybe that's what I need to do. What would you say to them? I would say you want to make sure that that is the step that you really want to take. Okay. Is that the direction you are being called and being led? Is that the is that the next step you're supposed to take? And how do they know that? How did you know that? Well, I know on this podcast, you talk a lot about faith. Mm -hmm. uh, and for me, that was a process of praying about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a process of asking other people in my life, wise people, mm -hmm. um, some who had been in my role previously, other, you know, other pastors, um, some who were just good friends of mine, um, knowing that I was loyal. In fact, uh, one of my best friends who gave a reference for this George Fox job, I think he said to my current boss, my, one of my greatest strengths is my loyalty, but it's also one of the greatest weaknesses. He said, I probably stayed too long <laughs> yeah, in my yeah, current yeah. job yeah. because I'm loyal yeah. and it's hard for me to move on. And, and that's, that's also a takeaway for people who are high on the loyal side is burning the boats is actually really important and a process Yeah, because of that loyalty. Yeah. That's the no, it's taking the exit out. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, so pray, talk to good friends, talk to wise people who can confirm that direction in your life, uh, and then spend time really thinking about it, processing through, and you know, not just watching YouTube all the time. <laughs> and and so, what, when you were describing this, it reminded me of a phrase: "When in when in doubt, there is no doubt." Hmm. But it's this idea of like you didn't have a doubt, like you, like you were like torch yeah. lit, yeah, like. Uh, and, and the fact that it wasn't a snap decision, yeah, you, you were being super intentional about it. Yeah. And, um, and so anyway, for there, I've run into people a lot who they know that something needs that, like they know this is what needs to happen, but then they're still paralyzed. Right. And that's where the burning of the boats concept comes in is to say, you know what will help you? And you just gave a perfect mm -hmm. example of this. You know what will help you? Burn it. Yeah. That's how you're going to get out of here. Yeah. And it's it's a, something I have to continue to do. You continue doing that in my life in those some of those big decision moments when I get that piece about here's the direction. I need to burn that boat. Otherwise, I will sit and do nothing and and wait. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I have to have you on again and surprise you with another question. Wow, another random question. Yes, they're All the right. best because look at the answer you gave. That was awesome. Oh, there you go. And as we leave, I just want to remind everybody that it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be what, Aaron? It has to be awesome. Cool. Thank you.